alive anyways, and the bees would just pull up its luggage, and then you'd have a luggage full of bees, and they could use that as a weapon. Okay. <laughs> Bee bomb! Hello and welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 22-year-old film student from Alberta, Canada. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at The 100 Script on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. Uh, my favorite dinosaur is whatever kind of dinosaur Petrie from Land Before Time was. <laughs> Which one was Petrie? Wait, was she the cute small one? No, that's the pterodactyl. Oh. That's not a dinosaur. I know, that's what I'm saying. Whatever thing that was. All right. (laughs) And my name is Brittany Ray, and I'm a 27-year-old writer in Vancouver, BC. I'm on Twitter at at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. Uh, And my favorite type of dinosaur is, I mean, this week, I guess it's an ankylosaur, but, like, next week it could be, like, hmm, a T-Rex. Okay. Eyes emoji. I love dinosaurs. <laughs> she tried. <laughs> Why don't you introduce our guest this week? I don't want Brittany. to. <laughs> our, guest, <laughs> our guest this week is my cousin Jillian. <laughs> and she's going to spend the next hour roasting me. <laughs> Jillian. What? Give us some fun information about you as a person. Hey, my name is Jillian. Um, I'm 23. I live in Vancouver, but I will not be living in Vancouver for very much longer. I will be living in Hawaii because my life is wonderful. My favorite dinosaur is a brontosaurus. Um, was That's that not a dinosaur. Yes, it was. A brachiosaurus is not a dinosaur. Brachiosaurus is a dinosaur. Brontosaurus is a dinosaur. Google it. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you can't, you can't swear. You know, a patasaurus is a brontosaurus. Bitch. A patasaurus is different from a brontosaurus, which is different from a brachiosaurus. Brontosaurus, and it's... There we go. Wikipedia, bitch. We're gonna have fun today. Yeah, this Wikipedia, is... Wikipedia, bitch! Stop Brontosaurus! Okay. This is a swear-free podcast. Wikipedia. I have to put... Brittany. I have to censor every single one of these, Jillian. Poppy this is gonna be really anyway, hard for me. Anyway, Jillian, what Hogwarts house are you in? I'd like to say Slytherin, but I definitely think I'm a Gryffindor sometimes. I definitely think you're a Gryffindor. <laughs> I, 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 Gryffindors are so dumb. I feel like I'm a Gryffindor. <laughs> You know? Like, try to do things for the greater good, but they end up just stepping in pudding. <laughs> <laughs> and they blame everybody else around them because they're like, ah, you know, it's your fault that I just stepped in pudding. <laughs> Why is there pudding? I can't believe I was right about brontosauruses right now. I hate you so much. A brontosaurus and a patasaurus and a brachiosaurus are all different things. I know! A brontosaurus is an actual freaking dinosaur, dinosaur though! Anyway. Can we do not edit that out? <laughs> This is the third time I've been right this week. It's <laughs> a new record. <laughs> anyway, tell us what Lost means to you. Um, I really love Lost as a show because I started watching with my dad when I was when it started airing, and we would watch it every single week together. And then it ended right before I left for university, so it was like something that we used to do together and just kind of spend our time bonding over. That's real heartwarming. <laughs> Um, how far I've watched, I've watched the whole show like three times. When I got senioritis and took my APs in 12th grade, I just ditched school and just watched Lost the entire <laughs> end of my schooling. My, I was almost not allowed to gra- graduate because of my truancy. Because you were skipped to watch Lost. Hell yeah. I gotta get my Sawyer on. Oh my god. Relatable. <laughs> my favorite characters are Juliet and Sawyer. Yes. Um, the little dash of Sun and Jin in there. Yeah. Um, social medias, I don't really have much, but at G-I-G-I-A-N-S-E, you could follow me and see what I end up doing with it, because I need to get one, because I'm related to Brittany. 
Jillian thinks that her LinkedIn is a really lit social media platform. <laughs> what? I would dab to my LinkedIn. <laughs> anyway. Today we have words to say about episode 106 of Lost, House of the Rising Sun. So, House of the Rising Sun. Talking about the title, uh, it's a traditional folk song. It's about life going wrong. On the Lostpedia article, it says that it's occasionally called Rising Sun Blues, and it tells the story of a life gone wrong in New Orleans. Depending on the version, the song may be sung from the perspective of a woman or a man. Oh. And I think that the woman one is kind of like about how the House of the Rising Sun is like um, a brothel. Oh. Yeah, it's like a whole thing. But either way, it's like was mostly sung by uh, a group called The Animals. So that's interesting. So that was, they mostly did this one for the pun potential. Oh, hundo. Yeah. Well, that's relatable to us, I think. The broadcast date was October 27th, 2004, and it was written by Javier Grigio Marchwatch and directed by Michael Zinberg. Okay, so we are going to do our challenge where we basically recap the episode in under a minute. And if I don't manage it, then Robin will speed it up in post and make me sound like a chipmunk, which I think she enjoys too much. <laughs> so here we go. Sun admires a plant while Jack and Kate flirt. In the past, Jin and Sun get a shot at flirting. Surprise, they're having a secret affair. On the island, Jin beats up Michael for absolutely no reason. He's charming like that. The Jungle Adventure Squad find a cave with some plane wreckage. Charlie steps on a beehive. Everyone gets super racist on the beach. In the past, Jin gives Sun an engagement ring and I'm jealous. In the jungle, Charlie screws up the whole don't move thing and everyone gets chased by bees. This gives Jack and Kate an excuse to get naked with each other, but plot twist, Kate finds some skeletons. Jack finds a black and white stones on one. Back in the past, Jin gives Sun a puppy to say sorry for working so much. In the cave, Jack proposes renaming the beach squad to the cave squad and moving everyone to the place they found some dead bodies. Michael and Walt argue over how well they know each other. Michael wins. Jin is weirdly possessive and won't let Sun talk to anyone. In the past, Jin and Sun fight because Jim's job with Sun's dad is getting too dangerous. My freaking typo says Jim's job. <laughs> Jack watches Kate tie her shoes. It's weird. They flirt again. Jack still wants to move to the caves, but Kate isn't so sure. Locke and Charlie bond over how much Locke loved to drive shaft. Locke tells Charlie that he believes Charlie will get to play his guitar again. Sure, Jan. Saeed isn't too chill with the idea of moving to the caves. Hurley declares himself the first Jate shipper. Sawyer wants to know what Kate wants because he has a big old crush on her. In the past, Sun plots to leave Jin and fake her death. In the present, Sun goes to Michael and ta-da, she speaks English. Locke tries to get Charlie to give up drugs by offering his guitar in return. Charlie cries. Me too. Jate, have a moment. It's tense. Michael pulls an axe on Jin and gives him back his watch, which is apparently all he wanted. Jin is a classy dude. In the past, Sun prepares to leave Jin at the airport, but doesn't go through with it. She gets on the plane with him instead. Jack leads a group of survivors to the cave to live while the rest of them stay and have a lovely bonfire on the beach. I hated that. <laughs> so we're going to start with the cave storyline. So Kate is asking about Jack's tattoos. His really fake tattoos. <laughs> His super real tattoos. <laughs> yeah. And Charlie's just like, I don't know, jealous or something or tired. <laughs> Or, or detoxing. We're just not sure. One, one of those three for sure. Yeah. So they go on a trek to the caves, and they're like, Jack, how did you find this? And he's like, luck. And I'm like, well, was it though? <laughs> it was the bees. It was the bees. <laughs> the island was like, dude, dude. <laughs> they get in there. And Charlie's like, wow, it's so beautiful here. And Locke's like, yeah. And Charlie's like, you should move here. This is so you. <laughs> He's like really trying subtly to get rid of Locke. <laughs> yeah, let's get rid of the one guy who knows how to hunt. And so they're looking through stuff. Jack's like, Charlie, try and find some drugs and medical supplies and stuff. And Charlie's like, right, drugs. <laughs> Gotta Definitely go. The, the right kind of drugs. 
Oh, Charlie. Oh, my next note was Charlie needs to heroin, which apparently is a verb now. <laughs> no, Robin. <laughs> no, Robin. And then Locke finds him and he's standing on a beehive. And fun fact. Ready. Them's is some real bees. No. Really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they were like drone bees. And so they didn't have any stingers or anything. But they were real bees. I still would have been so scared. Oh, yeah. I would have loved it. They're so fuzzy. No! They don't have stingers. You know it's not going to bad's going to happen. Yeah, but there's like a fear reaction when you see a bee. Also, I like how they use the, um, they tried to use the luggage to cover up the bees. Mm. Like, <laughs> how, how, what was their planning there? Charlie was going to lift his foot and they were going to slide the luggage on top of the beehive? Yeah, it was like, like an Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. Yeah. Yes! Beehive. But they, that would have broken the beehive anyways. And the bees would have just pull up into the luggage and then you'd have a luggage full of bees and they could use that as a weapon. Okay. <laughs> bee bomb. What the heck? You can save that for later. <laughs> you know what? That's actually that's actually how they like. Oh, I was just about to say something. Damn it! Someone remind me of the bee bomb for this spoiler section. Okay. I'm literally writing down bee bomb. All right. I like that the plot of like the first quarter of this episode is everyone puzzles over a beehive. <laughs> well, like, yeah, here's my thought is that they're like, okay, now that we have this luggage case full of bees, who shall we use it on? <laughs> Sawyer. Probably <laughs> Sawyer is who it's going to be. Can you, oh. <laughs> and you know that, like, Saeed would love watching that. He would just, like, stand from afar and just be like, good. Who's Abdul now? Yeah. <laughs> Here, here's what happens is that Kate goes up to Saeed, has this luggage case, and she goes, Saeed, please wash this for me. This is something really, really important in here that I don't want anyone else to see, okay? And Saeed goes, got it. And then Kate walks away, and Saeed goes, what's that? I hear someone calling to me from the beach. And then walks away, and Sawyer goes, hmm, what could this be? And that's how it would have happened. We're like Sawyer overhears how important it is. He's He's like, like, I must need to know this. I gotta steal it right now. (laughs) And somewhere Boone's like, is someone doing something without me? (laughs) Should I steal that? (laughs) To make people take me seriously? (laughs) Should I quit this show and go to Vampire Diary? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Charlie's like, I have a rational fear of bees. I mean, I could potentially be allergic to bees. These are all the reasons why I I dislike bees. I don't like bees, okay? I have an irrational fear of bees. I think I'm allergic Please to bees. Please be quiet. And it's like, I don't know why Charlie felt the need to justify himself. I feel like anyone b- would be scared. Yeah, yeah I don't know. On top of such a hard time. He's like, he's sitting on a freaking bee He's like, I have an irrational fear. I'm like, that's a rational fear. That's not very rational. You could die from all those yeah. bees. Yeah. But fun fact. Oh, yeah. Dom actually loves himself some insects. That's true. Dom's really? Wild Things. Oh, yeah, he yeah. has his own reality show called well, Dom's Wild Things that. where he pretty much just touches bugs. <laughs> That's probably why he let them cover him in bees. Yeah, I was watching dog. like the bonus yeah. features for this episode and Dom's like, this is like the best day. <laughs> He's like, I'm having I'm- such a nice time. Imagine the best day of your life being a day you're covered in bees. <laughs> if they couldn't sting me, yes. <laughs> Can't relate. No, oh my god, they're little legs. <laughs> they don't bother me at all. Okay, you know what? Next time a moth comes into our apartment and you scream. But I don't like winged. Th- I, mean, I don't have. I don't know. Bees moths, have wings. But moths are just. Ugh, I don't know. Bees are just cute. They're fuzzy and they're cute. They're only cute if they're fat. 
This was a hot take from Jillian and Brittany's apartment. So once they have their potential B-bomb in place <laughs> to, to happen, uh, Charlie just slaps one on his face and steps on it and then everything, bad things happen. Charlie. Okay, but the thing is, they all ran away without any consequence. So why did they just do that in the first place? <laughs> I guess that's true. They, they can be run away. Just Locke, Jack, and Kate are like 30 feet away and they're like, okay, walk away now. Good luck. I feel like Locke, like, told him that he couldn't move just because he wanted to see what Charlie would do. That's true. Yeah, That's Locke's kind of that guy. Yeah. Yeah, okay. No, but Locke talking to Charlie about his music. No, we'll get there. It's gonna be sad. So, it's cute. Kate and Jack both have their shirts off because... Plot device. Um, <laughs> nudity quota, right? Of course! So the bees did it. And then that's when Kate finds the bodies. Uh-oh. What could those be, I wonder? Ruh-roh. These are very important later in the series. Remember these bodies, please. The Jillian there, uh, memorized how many episodes it would take to solve this mystery. Jillian, would you like to tell me uh, tell us how many episodes? Isn't that spoiler section or no? No, you can tell us how many episodes it takes to resolve. 111. <laughs> 111 <laughs> By the time, <laughs> By the time you get there. In 111 there. episodes, you will know who those people are. But the important part is, they do wrap it up. The important yeah. part is the writers are really smart on this show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they obviously weren't scared of getting fired. And then the fact that they have these, like, stones and everything makes so much freaking sense. The heavy-handed yep. symbolism of uh, black and white sense. stones. Right? <laughs> it all, Everything makes perfect sense when you go back and watch it. You're like, oh my god, they laid the breadcrumbs that early? Mm-hmm. This show is too meta. Some things that we need to know about them is that there were no major trauma to the bones, that there are two of them, and that they must be there for 40 or 50 years, uh, potentially longer. Mm-hmm. And then they find the white and black stones, and then Charlie and Locke come back. And I want to talk a lot about this, but not now. We have to talk about it in the spoiler section. <laughs> yeah, this is like the thing I'm most excited to talk about, because like, Jillian has some questions and so do I. Yeah. I have, a gauche, I have a gauche comment, but I don't know if I should say it. Now? Yeah. Because we found out that it's Adam and Eve and not Adam and Steve. Stop! <laughs> what if that was a girl? Stop it! <laughs> anyway! Charlie gives Kate back her shirt and then says a thing and you're like, come on, buddy. You can do better. You're, you can, you're a better dude than that. Also, and Kate has a sad bra. Like, that bra made me sad. I know! <laughs> I was like, you're on this island and there's no support. I know. Every time we see Kate's bra, I'm always just like, mm. Why was Kate wearing that bra in the first place? Like, girl, you need a, like, it, on that island, I would want, like, a regular bra and then a sports bra on top. Oh, oh yeah. Would dig sports bra would bra be so helpful. Or sports bra sports for when bra. you got a bra. You know, I mean, I get Kate? it, because she was on the run. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's a sad looking bra. I just yeah. feel so sad, so bad for her. Yeah. I just thought Kate would have more style than that. Why would Kate have more style? Not more style, but like just like more support. I like that. Like in this show, we're just talking about her bra because we're horrible people. <laughs> it's important. I love Kate. It's totally part of Kate's character, though. Like Kate doesn't give a crap about like yeah. what bra she has on. Yeah. True. But also, I hate that like the network was like, yeah, so take their shirts off. I'm like, why? Yeah. Remember when Matthew Fox was a babe? Because it's full of bees. Because it's full of bees! <laughs> you know, the last time a fictional character had a bee incident, it was Mulder and Scully, and it just didn't go that well. <laughs> I feel like bee incident just, like, lets you know it's not going to go well before it even happens. The number one enemy of the X-Files fandom is bees, and I, I, if you ask anyone, they will, they will tell you that. 
but the number one movie of Tumblr is B Movie. So stop. No more. <laughs> oh my god, maybe this was like the inspiration for B Movie. Actually, free in us from B Movie, please. Free us. <laughs> No, I want B-movie memes to go on forever. The actual plot of this episode is that Kate leaves Jack for a B. I have to go. (laughs) Honestly, would have been a better choice. (laughs) Anyway, so Charlie is like, are these the people who are here before us? And Jack's like, Charlie, listen, Locke doesn't know that. Why are you, why are you telling him our secrets? Oh my god. Stop it. And Locke's Charlie's like, like huh? hey guys, obvious secret here. Locke's like, uh, what? And he's like, I mean, clearly there were people here before us. Because they're right here. Because there's dead bodies. And like, Locke's right there. like, well, and, and that makes sense. <laughs> it's kind of interesting, though. Like, um, this kind of seems like a point where, like, Jack's like, this is not a temporary kind of thing. This is going to be, like, yeah. more a temporary, permanent thing. Yeah. So he's, like, starting the whole thing, like, we gotta make a home here now. Like, you know, his crusade to, like, make people, like, live in a community. Yeah. It's just kind of, like, it's a weird turning point in this episode of, like, this is not temporary at the moment. It's like once he saw someone live and die on the island, he yeah. was like, oh, we're no. gonna die here. Yeah. We might as well die comfortable. I wanted to point out that this is great that they remembered that Locke doesn't know this secret yet. Because sometimes shows will just, like, have a group of people and, like, three of them won't know the secret, They'll but they'll all go, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's this. There's something that Lost has that is just gold standard. It's their continuity. Yes. Um, what else? Oh, just that one of them's female. Our very own Adam and Eve. And you're like, wow, more Bible stuff. Well, if you didn't get all the Bible allegories already, here's another one. Here's the more. It's the most obvious one. So actually... We'll have to save it for spoiler space. Yeah. <laughs> right? They're gathering water, and Locke is saying, I'll stay with Charlie, and Charlie's like, Great. This is all I've ever wanted. Thank you. <laughs> I want to make friends with the island weirdo. <laughs> and Jack's like, Kate, let's live in these caves. Like he has good points. Yeah. Like, we're not saying that Jack is irrational here. He he knows what's up, but Kate's just not into it. I feel like this is one of the few times where I'm actually on Jack's team. Mm-hmm. It's like, kind of like, let's live in these kegs, subtext, together. You know? <laughs> Kate, you want to play house with we me? we can live and die like these skeletons. <laughs> no. <laughs> it, makes, it makes perfect sense, but, like, also, like, I would be kind of upset if I was living in a cave and, like, it was dark in there all the time and around me was just wet jungle. At least yeah. by the ocean, there's a breeze. Right. And you're, like, in a beautiful place. Yeah. I mean, you get sand fleas all the time. Mm. Oh, you know what? Never mind, I'll take the cave. No, but there's more bugs in the jungle. Yeah. Wet jungle. Never mind, I'll take the beach. you got snakes and stuff. I don't know what to do! I know what I would do. What? what? Immediately perish. <laughs> Robin's whole thing is, if she's ever put in a life or death situation, she will choose death every time. I like, don't want to live this games, way. If she gets put in the Hunger Games, she's going to be the person who jumps off the podium before the thing, like, counts down, and she blows up. She doesn't even want to fight. What would you do? If you were in the Lost situation, fight what would you to do? death. No, wait, but like, if, like, what would your particular plan be? There's not, Lost is not, there's not a lot of fighting in Lost. So like, what would your role be in the Lost community? Uh, I'd be the useless Shannon. <laughs> no! <laughs> no, I'd be whichever one was like watching everything, but like catalog. I'd be Rose. <laughs> yeah. Watching everyone and being like, what are y'all up to? And then like pop in with advice from time to time. <laughs> be like, don't do that. 
I think that I'd probably be like a mixture between Sawyer <laughs> and Shannon. Okay. That is perfect. Yeah. What about you, Jillian? I'd say probably a mixture of Locke and Kate. Mm. Yeah. Um, I would definitely try to start my own religion. <laughs> <laughs> people to do things for me i feel like i feel like if you gave me this one berry you'll be rewarded with 10 berries why <laughs> you're an island ponzi scheme <laughs> so i would start an island ponzi scheme in a second oh that's kind of oh, great really okay so much, on the island if jillian is also on the island then i would have to then take on the role of rose combined with saeed to stop her from doing <laughs> yeah. dumb stuff locks you can't tell me what i can't do is the most me line of all time ask me what i would do in a zombie apocalypse situation oh my god what would you do in a zombie apocalypse situation run head first into the zombies i knew it <laughs> apocalypse situation it's not why happening would, why would we let robin perish we could use her as bait <laughs> she wants to die anyways continuously using his bait but never letting her die okay kill me why first we just let her no what we do is we turn her into a zombie and then we do um what michonne does and um like we bring her like a pet zombie everywhere yeah yeah but robin sounds such like a fun. good pet zombie she would she would crack so many jokes true <laughs> She'd be like, rawr, pun. <laughs> I like how in this scenario that you've just c- like created, somehow we speak zombie. <laughs> you gotta learn how to communicate. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's, okay, I want to bring up one of my favorite Kate and Jack moments of the whole series. Okay, Which what is, is it? when they're walking back and Kate thinks that Jack is checking her out. What, she's tying her shoelace? Yeah, and... He, and and he goes, oh, no, I'm not. And she's like, really? Well, what were you thinking? And he's like, that doesn't really matter. She's like, no, 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 just tell me. And he's like, well, here are all the logistics of, uh, of, of living in the cave. Here, here's what I'm thinking about this. And Kate's like, that is not what I expected or wanted. But okay. Jack's like that guy in bed who, like... Like, you're with that person, and, like, you're asking, like, oh, like, what nice thoughts are you thinking? And he's like, yeah, I'm actually thinking about, like, why fingers are called fingers. I'm thinking, like, maybe we could get a taco after this. (laughs) Thoughts? It's so so true. I feel like Jack would be like, oh, I'm so tired. (laughs) I've got to go do doctor stuff in the morning. Oh, Jack. Jack has no game. No, no, no. No. He's got no game. Charlie has no game. You know what? The only person who has game is like Jin. And then Sawyer thinks he does. (laughs) And everyone thinks he doesn't. But he actually secretly kind of does. Yeah. I'm sorry. Please explain Sawyer to me again. Okay. So like Sawyer thinks he has game. But he kind of doesn't. But underneath him not having any game and him failing totally, there is a slight element of, well, that was charming. Yeah. You know who else doesn't have any? Who? Boone. Oh my god. Boone doesn't have any in a non-charming way. Who has the best game on the island? I'm trying to think of who else does. Hurley! Oh my god, Hurley does have the best game. And it's not even just like, like, like sexually, like, everybody's Hurley's friend! He gets in there like a dirty shirt with everybody, and nobody, everyone wants to protect Hurley. That's so true. That's how you survive as a fat person. I knew it! I knew you were gonna say 
That's how you do it. As a fat person, you have to get other people to stop and let you catch up because the running is hard. I would not run very fast. <laughs> I'm just going to say, like, Jillian, is this going to be us in the apocalypse? Oh, no, I'm partially Hurley, too. <sighs> yeah, you 100% are Hurley. If I was on the island, I feel like I'd be Sawyer, Shannon, and Hurley. That's not a good, that's not a good combo, but I think that's <laughs> I think that probably is what I do. The Sawyer combo, I think, is your biggest strength. Yeah, yeah. And also your social skills. Jack wants to convince people that it's safer in the caves, and then he can have everybody do what he wants them to do, because he's Jack. Jack has to be in charge, because Jack and Clark Griffin are the same person. And Kate's like, well, I'm not even on your side at this point yet, so... (laughs) I like how he just assumed Kate would be on his side, though. She's like, maybe if you actually were checking me out, I would. (laughs) But you ruined that for yourself. He's just terrible at marketing that he's a good leader. That is a good point. That's what he needs Sawyer for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Later, Charlie is trying to get away from Locke, and Locke's, like, following him all over the dang place. And Charlie's like, I'm just trying to go to the bathroom. And Locke is like, yes, but the buddy system. (laughs) It's very important. We have to hold hands everywhere we go. And then Locke is like, I know who you are. And you're like, ooh, sinister. You were in Drive Shaft. I love that man. (laughs) (laughs) Old man can listen. That was so, that was such a cute and pure moment where he's like, I'm over 40, I'm not dead. <laughs> he's like, but I, I know. immediately went into critical, like, criti- like, uh, right? uh, yeah. like, criticism. Like, I like the first album. The second album is like, he's like a drive shaft hipster. And Charlie's face is kind of like, oh. Right? Charlie was like, oh, I was expecting praise and got criticism? <laughs> that it was interesting because Locke. It's a shame what happened to the band. <laughs> and usually when people say things like that, Charlie goes, well, we're still, we're still together. Huh? What? And next episode, we'll figure out exactly what that's about. But. Ooh. It seems like because Locke actually knows the band and is familiar, he doesn't have to lie. Yeah. Locke's, like, on the message boards. He knows all the tea. <laughs> He's like, I'm on the forums. <laughs> my, He's my a drive username, shaftian. My username is don't tell me what I can't do. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, Kate, like, imagine him, like, trying to make that his username, though, and they're like, username contains too many characters. Yeah. He's like, um, walkabout man. <laughs> He's like bald guy. Baldy Scarface. Baldy Scarface. Just sad. Orange enthusiast. Sad. I like knives. One, two, three. <laughs> Wait, what was his what was his wife's name? For oh, the woman that he always called? Helen. Helen. For, for Helen? Just for Helen. No! Did you know that our grandpa actually watches Dom's Wild Things and loves it? Oh, Papa. Wow. He's like, I love that. he's like that Dom fellow. I really like his program. And I'm like, wait, do you mean his like program? Yeah. I'm like, do you mean like Dominic Monaghan from Lost? Oh. <laughs> like that. I watched it with him, and Papa's like, he's a very brave man. Mm, <laughs> like, what's a very brave man? That's so cute. He is a brave man, isn't he? I love how we're like in the minority of people who go, did you mean Dominic Monaghan from Lost? When the majority of people go, did you mean Dominic Monaghan from Lord of the Rings? Oh my god, right? <laughs> Wait, people know Dominic Monaghan from Lord of the Rings more than they know him from Lost? Oh yeah. Yeah, that's no. a much bigger property. No. The Lord of the Rings is a much bigger property. He's like, uh, okay, 
Okay, I'm going to reserve my opinions on that uh, that opinion. Okay. <laughs> okay. But I wanted to say that I talked about this in the spoiler section of Tabula Rasa when Charlie turns to Locke and goes, uh, or, yeah, Locke was making the dog whistle. And Charlie said, I used some tribal flutes once in a recording session. In a band. And I was like, girl, he knows. <laughs> He's like your number one fan. He knows you're in a band. He like doesn't even react. Like I wonder if that's when he like turned and went, oh. <laughs> yeah. Or like Can that was like Locke trying to be like chill until like Charlie brought it up. And he's like, I actually do know who you are. I've been like faking the entire time to try and seem chill. But like I'm your biggest fan. I have your name tattooed on my butt. <laughs> Can I get your autograph, please? I have no paper here, but maybe sometime. Just, Can you sign a leaf for me? Just write for Helen. <laughs> Alrighty. Anyway, oh, moving on before I cry. <laughs> Maybe hell is the friends we met along the way. Charlie hasn't played his guitar in eight days and eleven hours, and it's sad that mm-hmm. he's thinking about it that much. He misses it a whole heck of a lot. Also, lost number. And some jerk made him check it at security. Because they didn't have enough room in the cabin. Which we know they kind of did. Yeah, they definitely had the room. But also, I would be that jerk, like, standing behind him going, Ugh, why is this guy trying to check his guitar? It's clearly not going to fit in the overhead bin. <laughs> why does this young white man feel entitled to putting his guitar on the airplane? He's like, I bought it a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> it needs a seatbelt. Like, but everyone tried to, like, put... Things that did not belong on this plane, on this plane. Dead bodies, guitars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Locke. Et cetera. Drugs. Money. Locke is like, I'm sure you will see it again. I have faith. And I'm like, wow, a theme. Cool. But also, what a super weird thing to say to someone. You're like, imagine someone saying, I know and I believe that you will see this object again. And I'm like, okay. Okay, thank you. What what weird mysticism do you know that I don't know? <laughs> See, that's, if somebody said that to me, that's what I'd be like, don't tell me what I can't <laughs> Charlie still wants to go out and take his drugs, and Locke is still like, hi, I'm, all, I'm here. <laughs> and he's like, please go away. But Locke knows, and he's saying, You're gonna run out. I guess it's sooner rather than later. Painful detox is inevitable. Give it up now, at least it'll be your choice. Which is nice. But also, like, the audacity of Locke to, like, try and lecture an addict on how to, like, stop being an addict. He's like, the island will magically cure you, and you will be magically cured if you have your guitar. And I'm like, "Uh, what? But science. Yeah, that's a very clear... Honestly, if Jack were in that scene, he'd be like, that's not how that works. (laughs) He'd be like, excuse me, I'm a doctor. That's not how detox works, you absolute fool. <laughs> like, Locke is so presumptuous here, but there's such, like, a naiveness to it, too. He's yeah. like, no. Science, man of faith. Exactly. But I like that Charlie believes him. Yeah, and, like, Charlie's like, don't pretend that you know something about me. And he's saying that he understands pain. Like, he gets it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, buddy, I know. I get you. And he's like, I just want to help you. And he knows where his guitar is. And he's like, the way that you get your guitar back is that you have to give the island something. And I'm like, okay, Locke. (laughs) This is mostly just like, if you want your guitar back, you have to give me something. Yeah, that's basically it, though. (laughs) 
I'm gonna blackmail you into stop doing drugs. Uh-uh. I feel like in the series, like Locke provides validation when Jack provides explanation. That's very true. You know? Locke is very Dumbledore in this way. Yeah. Oh, he totally is. Yeah, Locke gives like the kind of validation to like and hope like of the reality that Jack gives. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. And he's like, you have to look up. And he's like, are you gonna ask me to pray? And he's like, <laughs> I just. Just look up, bro. Just look up, dude. And then Dom just slays this moment. <laughs> this little, like, the tears in his eyes and stuff. I was like, okay, I'm gonna cry too. <laughs> Actually, I think I did cry the first time I watched this, because it was, like, five in the morning by the time I got to this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet Dom. He does such a good job. Charlie is playing his guitar and everything, and that's when all the people show up. Jin, Sun, Hurley, and then a bunch of randoms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, and then, you know, Hurley's like, they said it was going to be a short walk. They lied to me. Hurley is Jillian in that moment. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Uh, and then Ch- you can tell Charlie's about to have a real rough time, which will be next episode. Oh, Charlie. <laughs> oh, I remember that episode. I'm sorry, yeah. Charlie. I really like that storyline. I was actually kind of surprised that they threw, like, Charlie and Locke together as characters. Mm-hmm. Because it's really unexpected character combination, like, six episodes in. Like, they're starting to do new ones, and I loved this one a lot. That's, like, later in the season when they put Locke and Boone together, and Locke and Boone have a really extensive storyline together that you just did not expect. I love those. It's, like, Locke is always, like, the guidance counselor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it's, like, maybe don't always listen to him. All right, are we ready to move on to the stuff that happens on the beach? Yeah! Yes! So we begin with Sun's Eye surprise what a narrative she's, she's through so line there and amazing and perfect sun <laughs> i love her. she is sun is an angel she's got like her flower and everything and i'm like i don't know where you're getting these but it's lovely yeah where did she where did she get it from i don't know just the jungle i suppose and then she's like here i'll just make this into a pot and it's like okay there's probably other stuff to do on the beach but you do you son and then there's Jin, who's fishing with his bare hands. <laughs> Listen, that's an efficient way to fish. Well, because it wasn't... For you, maybe. It's, it's, I guess it's more spoiler section, but Jin, like, he feels like a lot of pressure to provide for her when he's yeah. on the island as well. Yeah. So I feel like it's like, he's like, really fighting that fish, because he's like, I gotta provide for my lady. <laughs> But also, like, at the same time, it's kind of like when Charlie and Hurley were fishing and failing spectacularly. Yeah. No, but Jim catches that fish and then he kills it. Very, He's, like, very smashing rapidly. it against stuff right in front of Sun and she's like, this is scarring. <laughs> That's a violent moment. <laughs> I'm having such a great time right now. <laughs> and then he, like, walks towards Michael and stomps on her plants. And I'm like, bud, come on. Man... Bro. She had just curated those. Yeah. <laughs> so then he goes and attacks Michael, punches, many punches, then is pushing, Lo- like, Walt away and is, like, trying to drown Michael. This is a bit much. Yeah. In my opinion. Especially when you find out what it's over and it's, like, really? Yeah, and you can tell Jin's mad overpowered. Like, he's, yeah. like, insanely, yeah. like, in shape and, like, ready to kill Michael. <laughs> Like, kind of the way that they present it, like, initially, since they don't reveal what happens, like, why it was about, it feels really racist. It does. Yeah. It feels really racist. And then, like, they even go to point that out, 
And I think that was kind of, I, it was interesting that they did, but I was also a bit worried because it was like, what, or what year was this? 2004. 2004. Like, Koreans, like, Korean culture was not that, like, popular in the U.S. People didn't really know much about Koreans. Like, even Hurley's, like, this Chinese dude. So, I don't know, it felt, it felt like a weird way to introduce Korean culture to American network television. Is, you know, like... Have you know, him beat yeah. up a black man. Yeah, beat up yeah. a black dude, and then also be like mean to his wife. So I was a little nervous about that, you know. But even the actors say that, like, said that it was like a little, a little. They were a little bit scared about that at the beginning of the way that their relationship was portrayed. See, I had, I, I even did some research. Like, I googled things like Korean black culture. Why are these? Because I expected it to be something like the Japanese in America, uh, like Pearl Harbor. Or something mm-hmm. like that. That's what I expected to find, but I just, I don't know. That's not really what I found. I think she says it in, the, in an interview. Um, Yujin, uh, Kim Yujin, uh, she says that she was a little nervous about the portrayal of the Koreans in this initial episode to Americans because it had not been such a widely spread culture. Wow. So it's it's interesting. Like it's I find it's really interesting. I well we'll talk about the flashbacks. We're talking about the beach right now. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about the flashbacks later. But mm-hmm. I think there's like interesting points to it. But then there's also kind of like it feels really outdated to like now watching it in, like yeah. watching it in 2017 and like having like you know all these like more diverse shows like Sense Eight that show like right. Korean culture like especially well for me the set design. But we'll talk about that in the flashbacks. <laughs> we should probably move on to more of the beach stuff. Okay. Oh, just that Saeed and Sawyer show up, and Saeed does, like, a legitimate, like, tackle, like, it looks like he's flying. <laughs> he's amazing. I believe I can fly. Saeed's super OP, man. I believe I'm the coolest guy. Amazing. I love Saeed the most, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I love Saeed. I love Saeed. I just, like, the also the racism of Sawyer, too. Like, oh my god. That does not hold up. Sawyer calls Saeed Abdul, and Jillian was like, who's Abdul? And I was like, Omar? Yeah. It's like, man, yeah, like, do no, you that's know Sawyer being racist. Names? Like, his name's Saeed? He's a very intelligent man. It's like, Sawyer, like, becomes such an amazing co- character, but at the beginning, like, he's so simplistic in his nicknames that, like, you kind of half expect him to just walk up to Hurley and call him Fatty. Well, like, he called him Lardo in the <laughs> yeah, first episode. Yeah, exactly! That's how simplistic Sawyer is like, in the beginning! Which, which makes me think, were the writers... Okay, so this is like, since I watched this with my dad, it makes me think, like, because my dad loves Sawyer because of his personality like that. Because yeah. of course my dad does. But was the writers parodying, like, white American West, Midwestern men Actually, in Sawyer's... Actually, might know that. ...in Sawyer's, like, personality? Or were they trying to engage audience that would connect with Sawyer through Sawyer's personality? I think probably a little bit of both. Yeah. Because yeah. here's the thing is that Sawyer's nicknames get so clever. They do. Yeah. My personal favorite Sawyer nickname is to Hurley, and it is Jumbotron. Jumbotron. <laughs> I knew it was going to be that. I would never be offended if somebody called me Jumbotron. That's your new nickname. <laughs> Does anyone else have a favorite Sawyer nickname? Because I have others. Wait, that. what's your other favorite story you're I personally have a uh, soft spot for Blondie mm. um, and Freckles. I love Freckles. Yeah. My my other favorite is Talak, which was Mr. Clean. <laughs> yes! And to Jack, yes! which was uh, Dr. Giggles. <laughs> that was a good one. Mr. Clean is the best one. That's such a great one. Oh, it's the best. I got Lock Captain. Ooh, also Daniel Faraday, who's not a thing yet. One of my favorite nicknames of Daniel Faraday was Twitchy. 
That was a good one. Oh, Faraday. Yeah. (sighs) Anyway, moving on. So they handcuff Jin to some shrapnel. And they're like, stay here. You're in timeout, sir. (laughs) But can we talk about how classic it was that Saeed asked for the handcuffs and Sawyer had them in his back pocket already? (laughs) Classic Sawyer. He's like, well, I was planning on using these on Kate later, but I guess... uh, (laughs) He's like in like three seasons or whatever, you know. Here you go, though. Oh right. Wait, I thought she would use that on him. Yeah, but you know, Sawyer's fantasies are different from Sawyer's reality. That's true. In Sawyer's fantasy, he is someone who like has game and is really cool, and in yeah. reality, he's a big dumb dork. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're like, son, what happened? And she's like, she's like, I don't. Speak I, it's English. a secret. <laughs> I can't tell you. It's definitely not about a watch. Um, but they're like, Michael, what happened? And he's like, I was just walking. <laughs> like, what did they expect Michael to have done? Just, like, give Jin the middle finger and then and then that happened? <laughs> like, Michael was just walking. As if Michael could have done anything that was justifiable to being almost drowned. Yeah. But, you know, like, but Michael's like a black man in America, so I was just, walking. Wow, black. Yeah. So I'm like, of course it's, somebody fucking attacked me. It's so true. Sorry, oh but like it's just like I, I would I would if I was I, I would be like okay well somebody just tried to attack me be like, like your first movie like this is a very clear but that's line why Michael here. says that yeah. he's like he's I was like, walking and Koreans don't like, like black, black men like so that actually makes perfect sense as like a like in Michael's head for like, yeah. why Jin attacked him a hundred percent we think that the whole entire episode the writers lead us to think that the entire episode yeah you know which kind of I think. I don't know, it's kind of weird because it pulls away from the fact that, like, I hope it doesn't make it seem like Michael's overreacting because that's a very plausible reaction yeah. to when somebody attacks you as a black man. It would have been interesting to see the reactions in 2004 versus now. Yeah. Because, like, watching it now, I, there's literally no justification that could ever exist for why Jin did that. And the fact that it was, like, what it was, I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, mmm. I don't know. Um, Jin in Korean says, uh, from Google Translate and Lostpedia, noisy, which I'm assuming just, like, is supposed to be taken as shut up, Mm. but he says noisy, and so I'm like, I'll, okay. (laughs) Sure. It's it's just one way to say that, clearly. That's what I shout when people are being too noisy. Noisy! Noisy! Earmuffs! Yes, earmuffs! (laughs) So we learn that Saeed is from Iraq, and then this is while Michael is explaining how the racism towards their races and, and such. And then Jin again in Korean says, do not lie, which he's not lying, but also Jin doesn't know what he's saying, so he's just assuming that he's lying. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then Sun is motioning to the watch, or the wrist, and they assume that that's about the handcuffs, which makes sense. Yeah. Oh. I would assume that. Um, and then Hurley calls them Chinese again. And I'm like, bro. Like, I I would get it because it's, 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 it's like. Hurley's not, like, educated on, like, the different racial dynamics, I guess. Yeah, and he's doing it the same way that he did it last episode. So it's, um, consistent. But yeah. my problem with it is that Michael literally just said Korean people don't like black people. Korean people. Mm-hmm. And Hurley. Yep was almost certainly listening. Right? Yeah, like, Hurley kind of chose to do that. Yeah. Which I don't think they meant to do at all, because Hurley would not, but 
I still am just like, come on, bro. I mean, I think you're, there's supposed to be, like, a certain ignorance to Hurley. Yeah, that's true. So I would definitely buy that, like, maybe Hurley would do that. Not maliciously, but just kind of be like, I'm just going to continue calling them that because that's what I know sort of thing. Right. Mm. He's saying that he's going to get crispy <laughs> in the sun. And they need to <laughs> they know why. give him shade. And then everyone disperses. Uh, and then Sun later is trying to help him and he's yelling at her. Which makes no sense because Jin's actually pretty cool. I really don't like the power imbalance in their relationship. It makes me deeply uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, it feels like it feels it feels very um, character of like what a writer's thought on like Asian relationships. Are yeah, like, mm-hmm. you know. And like, like, luckily, like obviously, everyone sees like later in the show, like everything they rectify it. A yeah, they yeah. rectify it. But it's just like, especially in this episode, it's so weird to see Sun like. I guess obeying, like, Jin yelling at her, like, it's really upsetting to watch. Mm -hmm. Later, Walt is playing with sand again, which is Walt's favorite pastime. He has no toys. (laughs) And he looks over at Jin, and then Jin looks over at him, and then Michael shows up and assumes that Jin said something to Walt, even though he didn't. And then Walt is like, why don't they like us? And then Michael has to explain racism to his son. But once again, he doesn't, because Michael doesn't know what to say. That must be a hard conversation for we anyone. We also to have. find out that they don't know each other very well either. Yeah. Right. So this is where we find out like that they didn't. They didn't. This is actually like more of an estranged relationship they have with each yeah. other. Yeah. Yeah. He's saying I don't think like that anyway, and then Walt's like, "Well, what did you do to him?" And Michael's like, "Why don't you tell me, bro? <laughs> I was with you. I was like, I've literally been with you the entire time." What do you think happened there? He's saying, what did your mom say about me? And he said, pretty much nothing. (laughs) And they're like, we don't know anything about each other. And then this is like the most, one of my favorite Michael and Walt scenes in the whole series. Yeah, it's a really good one. You don't know anything about me, do you? You don't know anything about me. I know a lot about you. Yeah? Yeah. When's my birthday? August 24th. When's mine? But I love that, like, that really establishes, like, that even though Michael wasn't in Walt's life, Michael still obviously cared about Walt. Yeah, yeah. for sure. It makes him look less like the deadbeat dad trope that they were kind of going for. And mm-hmm. it's like, he actually deeply cared. He just wasn't in Walt's life. Yeah, and that's uh, that's explained further in Special, which is another episode in this yeah. series, or season. Then Sun says that she wants to explain what happened so that Jin will be let go. And he's like, how are you going to even explain? (laughs) And I'm like, well, surprise. Uh, (laughs) There's a little secret here. And he says, your place is by my side. And I'm like, bud, though. But but no, please, no. Stop. If anything, his place is by her side. Yeah. And then he calls Michael a thief. I just, I don't like it. (laughs) Once Jack and Kate are, like, walking through the, the thing, they come across Saeed, who's cutting wood. And he's like, oh, great. I need some water. This works out nicely. I feel like if you have no water, you should just, like, sit for a bit. Like, don't don't get all dehydrated when you need water. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, I like that every time any character comes across Saeed, he is working. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Saeed That's is true. always working. He's always hustling. He's always doing something to try and help out the group. Mm-hmm. Oh, Saeed. Saeed is the true leader. He's the true leader. He's like, maybe we can try and communicate with Sun. And then Jack's like, we should go set up the cave so that we can live there. And Saeed's like, 
mm, who decided that? <laughs> Not me. Not gonna happen. He's like, I thought we were living together and dying alone. <laughs> yeah, actually, what the hell? If I were Saeed, I'd just be like, Jack, just be the doctor. Just stop. <laughs> I'll be the leader. You be the doctor. Cool. Good. And Kate will be the other leader. Yes. And then Saeed's like, I want to stay on the beach and keep the fire going because that's how you get rescued. And he's saying that the caves are suicide. And it's like totally a valid thing to want to stay behind. Well, also because yeah. the caves literally have skeletons in them. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jack's like, yeah, but there's water there and we're safe from the sun. And I'm like, I get that. But also, I don't know. And Saeed's like, I won't give up. And I'm like, okay, buddy. Bye. Good luck. I love you. <laughs> doesn't love Saeed. <laughs> Walt and Vincent are playing and Michael's watching and then Jack is like canvassing and coming around and being like hey guys um so vote for me. And it's like where are the buttons? I can't offer you anything except health. Yeah but like I want buttons and swag and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like where's, where's my, my swag bag? Jack? Jack? Yeah. <laughs> it's like can I get something to like stick on my lawn? For you? Yeah, where's my where's my lawn sign? Where's my make the island great again shirt? Saeed comes over to Michael and it's pretty much like, hi, so you might notice that Jack is like trying to get people, people to vote for him, but like originally I was the only candidate and now he's, so I'm just checking to make sure that you're still with me. I hope Saeed's like low-key like, okay guys, we gotta like start a club and like Jack's not in it. Jack is not invited. No one tell him about, Hurley? Hurley, where are you going? No, come back. Don't tell him. Damn it, Hurley. Um, then he's like, are you, are you going to stay? And Michael's like, of course, because my main thing is to get me and my son off this island. Which, yes. Yes. Then Jack comes over and gives gin water. And I'm like, I see you. Trying to get votes. Yeah. And Should he's like, please drink it slowly. And Jin's like, yeah, I totally understand what you said. <laughs> Why do people keep trying to speak English to people who don't understand English? That's that's how they learn, don't you know? Jin pretty much just goes, yep, okay. Sure. It's so stupid. It's so dumb. It's, it's like so someone trying to speak French to me. I'm like, I'm never going to understand it no matter how many times you pronounce the same word over <laughs> so and over, over again. You say fromage at me really, really aggressively. I ain't doing anything. Wait, does fromage mean cheese? Yes. Yeah, that's the only one I know. That's <laughs> Jillian, what does pomplemousse mean? That's a grapefruit. That, okay, you know more French than you think you do. <laughs> And the only reason I know that is because it's my sister's favorite word in the entire world. Wow, my God. Bumble moose. It's gotta be, it's maybe, it's just inside me. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> anyway. You'll like Russo. <laughs> You'll like Russo. Hurley is like, oh, for sure I'm coming to the caves because there's food there. And I'm like, I'm uh, <laughs> stop making Hurley so surface. Right? Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go where the food is. Ha oh, I'm the fat one. Yeah. Oh my god, shut up. But also, like, to say that was, like, every fat character ever on any TV show until, like, very recently. Yep. Yeah. Like, we have no development. Don't you know that all I want to do is eat and sleep and, like, have other people do my work? What? That's my only character. You literally it's, it's... said that you were gonna be the person who got other people to do your work. <laughs> so I also said I would start a religion, so. Hey! <laughs> You're like, I contain multitudes. Then we have a Sawyer and Kate scene, which you know is my favorite scenes. <laughs> Hashtag skate. Hashtag skate. And he, and, oh yeah. And then Hurley's like, hey, um, so you and Kate, well, what's up? And he's like, nothing. And Hurley's and like, like, wow, mm -hmm. that was really subtle. Mm -hmm. That's like every fanfic ever. 
Yeah, <laughs> literally. What's going on with you and insert love interest here? <laughs> oh, you know, just, whatever. Just like stuff. That's when the skate shows up. And he's like, so it seems like Jack and Saeed are fighting over you. Do you need another one? <laughs> do you do you maybe want to, like, hold hands with me on the beach? Maybe. He's like, everyone wants to know what you're going to do. So are you going to be with the optimists or are you going to be with the pessimists? And I feel like that's when she's like, what are you going to do? And we already know the answer because last episode he literally said, I'm an optimist. So here we are. Oh, we know where he's going to be. Good point, good point. So it's like, you can just make an educated guess, because he literally said it to her. Yep. Neither of them answered their things. And he's like, I asked first. And I'm like, you guys are too cute. Get out of here. (laughs) No, I asked you first. No, I asked you first. Stop (laughs) it. Uh, And then that's when Michael walks by Sun, and she watches him go by, because she's thinking a thing. She's got plans. Yeah, so she approaches him, and she's like, hi. And he's like, what? What's going on here? We learn that Jin doesn't know and that he has a bad temper and that it's all a misunderstanding. It's about the watch. And he's like, I just found it. I don't care. What a stupid reason to beat someone up. She's yeah. saying- Well, he did say it was worth $20,000. Yeah. It means, that means nothing on a beach. Well, that's why, that's why when Michael gives back the watch, he's like, Literally, none of this means yeah, anything. Exactly. We're on an island. A fish means more than a watch does yeah. on the island. <laughs> but also, like, who wouldn't see a Rolex in the rubbish and be like, I'm gonna grab that Rolex? Yeah, like, literally. I, yeah, I would be like, yeah, that Rolex is mine now. Yeah, I don't know. It's my Rolex. This is a nice looking Rolex. Yeah. In the hierarchy of this island, I have nicer things. <laughs> Shannon? <laughs> and then she's saying that she needs his help, which we know what it is. Kate decides that she doesn't want to go to the caves, mm-hmm. and Jack's like, well, someone else can stay here. Like, loads of other people are staying here. Why do you have to stay here with the other two guys that are trying to get with you? I, which is, like, weird, because I don't think Saeed was ever interested in Kate. No, they're just bros. Yeah. But they, everyone else seems to be like, oh, the two main dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yes. If a man and a woman interact, they must. <laughs> Everyone else on the beach <laughs> is just like, I see this narrative. <laughs> I see. They're all a bunch of trash barges. <laughs> <laughs> Hurley's number one. <laughs> Hurley's oh like, God. what shall I ship today? Literally, you know what? He probably doesn't have anything else to do. No, probably not. Then that's when Jack asks her what she did. And she's like, you had a chance and you didn't take it. And they'll know where to find each other. And I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> okay, bye. Then Mike goes to Jin with the axe. And he's saying, I'm not having a very good month. My son is a mystery to me. I don't know how to be a dad. And I have this dude trying to kill me. What? That's not cool. Michael is having the worst time. Yeah. So he gives him back his watch. And he's like, literally nothing matters. I do not care. Here. There's no consequences here. <laughs> then he cuts the handcuff off and he's like, please stay away from us. Bye. I, I'm i Michael, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, once they're all around the fire, then Walt wants to know what Michael's birthday is. And it's nice. It's so cute. They're bonding. Yeah. That's such a good way of, like, showing, not telling, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Flashback time? Yes. Cool. So our first flashback is Jin serving the the party 
And it, you, what they're doing is they're trying to make it seem like this is the first time they've met. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to, like, trick ya. But it turns out that they've been together for a while. Plot twist, they're having a secret romance. Wow. And I love it. And they're also, like, initially establishing a hierarchy of how she is, yes. like, more well-off than yeah. he is. Yeah. And then and they want to run, run away to America. Or Sun does. Which is interesting that she was so above him. And then they switched as soon as they got married. Which is so odd. Yeah. Like, you guys, you should be equal. That's how marriage is supposed to work. Exactly. Yeah. Jin really wants permission from Sun's father, and she's like, but he sucks. And he's like, here's a white flower. This will be a theme. And he's like, it'll be a diamond one day. And I'm like, look mm. at how happy you were. What happened? So many bad things. Marriage, stress. Yep. A bad hotel room. Bad hotel room. Yep. I'm so excited to get there. (laughs) As soon as they're trying to figure out on the island why Jin attacked Michael, and Sun goes, he, like, is pointing to her wrist, that's when they switch to a flashback, and Sun is looking at her gold watch. Oh! At the very beginning. Yeah. Of the thing, so that's, they're, like, trying to tell you. And then Jin is, like, pretending to be sad. And he's like, lol, JK. It's all good. Things worked out great, babe. (laughs) And she's like, oh, cool. He's like, I'll work for your father, and then we'll have money, and then we can afford whatever we want. And she's like, I don't like that. And he's like, it's okay, because it's just temporary. Two years is temporary. Yeah. He's like, a year of work, and then a year another work. And I'm like, man, that's two years. (laughs) Two years of your life. Under, like, what is it, like, very obviously a super evil dude. Yeah. Yeah. They already probably spent two years in the military, so it's like this dude has, like, given up a lot of years of his life. Good Mm -hmm. point. Do you think the writers even knew about that, though? Oh, yeah. They probably have to have. About the Korean drafting? Yeah. I hope so. Let's hit up Javier right now. (laughs) Were you aware that all Korean men have to serve between the ages of 20 and 35 in the Korean army for two years? He'd be like, sure. <laughs> um, why are you asking me a question from 2004? <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's important. But two years of work for her dad is a long time mm-hmm. to work. If they're building him up to be such a bad dude, like, that's a long time. Yeah. And she's like, wow, this is not the, what I was, what I thought was going to happen. That's long enough for, like, a job to really change you, especially if it's a job that you don't enjoy. Yep. Where you have to do bad things. Where you have to yeah. do super shady things. Yeah. He gives her the diamond ring, and she's like, we can't afford this. And he's like, yeah, we can. And, then and I'm happy. like, I want that ring. What the hell? <laughs> it was a gorgeous ring. Later, son comes home from shopping, and she's got, like, a Chanel bag. And then there's a puppy. <gasps> there's a puppy. I don't know what I love in this scene more, the Chanel bag or the puppy. Like, honestly, it's a toss-up. It was such a cute... It's a Sharpe, right? And they probably yeah. cost the same. Oh, so cute. I have a fun fact. <laughs> Ooh, tell us a fun fact. Well, I don't know if it's more of a fun fact or more of a spoiler, but it's not an important spoiler, so I'm going to call it a fun fact. Okay. The puppy's name, well, not the puppy who actually played it, but, but like, canonically what they named the puppy was Popo. Popo. And it means a kiss. That's so cute. That's really cute. Popo. It's spelled B-P-O, B-P-O. Popo. I love it. Popo. I'm not emotional about it at all. <laughs> I want to name a dog that. Can we get a can we get a dog? <laughs> Popo, Popo. He's saying 
that you might need some company because I'm always at work all the time, but you're going to need to take care of it. And I'm like, she knows how dogs work. <laughs> but also, like, if someone needed to bribe me, a baby puppy would work really well. Absolutely. We should- then she's saying, this is lovely, but you used to only have to give me a flower. Aww. You're like, this is sad now. Maybe he should have just pulled a Kanye and got her a wall of flowers. Yeah. Then he's like, okay, well, I have to go take this call from your dad now. And she's like, my dad never calls me. Just you. I would be glad if her dad, d- dad never called her. No, for sure. Yeah, I would count my lucky stars. Next, Jin comes home late, and the dog is now a big dog. A big, uh, so cute. it went from a pupper to a doggo. He's in, like, a big hurry, and he's got his hands all bloody, and it's not his blood, and he's been working for her father, and then, and then, here's where you guys should talk about the hotel. Okay, note, <laughs> they're having this, all this up-close, like, dialogue, oh. and in the background of Sun is <laughs> a freaking hotel hairdryer. There is no way on earth that that set looks like a Korean apartment. First of all, why is it so small? Why is it so dark? Why are there, like, vaguely Asian things all over the, all over the uh, apartment? I don't understand it. <laughs> and why is it a hotel? Why did they not change out the towels? It's very obviously a hotel room in Oahu that they're, like, just filming. That's their Korean apartment. We were watching it, and I was like walk- looking at the bathroom. I'm like, this isn't someone's apartment they're filming in. This is a hotel. <laughs> and they literally they use that set all the time for Sun and Jin's apartment too. It's so bad. That's what? so bad. Like they didn't even bother to like change out the hotel like uh, hand towel. So it's like one of those stiff towels that you know just kind of feels horrible on your skin. Yeah. But it's like you would. This is like the this is the scene where you want apartment porn. You know, like yes. There's you know. Outside, like, in my brain, they live in a freaking amazing apartment, you know? Yeah. In Seoul somewhere. Like, there's there's no way it's that apartment. <laughs> Listen, they did the best they could with Oahu. No, there's much nicer apartments in Oahu. <laughs> anyway, we had a small breakdown about this. So now they fight, and it's sad, because he kind of just pushes her away, and then she slaps him in the face, which, honestly, I... I don't know how I feel about that. I honestly, in this series, Sun slaps Jin a lot. Oh, I didn't know that. She does. Like, if you actually counted it, I, my estimate is, like, probably five times. And that's a lot in one series. Yeah. There should be absolutely no violence between spouses ever. Yeah. Yeah, but... I don't care yeah. if it's a, man hit- or a woman hitting a man. Like, I, I don't want it. It happens a bunch, especially with those two. Even yeah. later in the series when they've, like, made up and everything. Interesting. It's sad, kinda. It is sad. Sorry, we were just really distracted when you we were talking there. All of our uh, Christmas lights just went out. Yeah, I'm very sad about it. Oh. They Sorry. all just gave up. Yeah, it was- they got really bright and then they just died, just like my soul. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Jillian, when did your soul die, approximately? Mm, I don't know, man. Well, I was, like, two. Wow. <laughs> so it's been a while. Yeah. yeah, emo from the beginning. Scene kid from the beginning. So so this is this is their second to last flashback when they're fighting in the hotel room. Um Girl apartment. Uh no, third because third, third last. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We move on to the time when the decorator is there and she's like, Your husband says that money is no object, that's lucky. And then he's like, Son! I'm on the phone. 
move the dog. And she's like, I'm so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Honestly, like gold though. If but, someone said money is no object when decorating, I'd be like, you money are is no object that. in that small hotel room. <laughs> yeah. I'm obsessed with this. Not to take away from the story, but even including a decorator offends me even deeply. Oh my God. Jillian's an interior design snob, but also so am I. <laughs> but then it turns then it then it turns out that she's um she's there to help Sun, right? Yes. So she's like, let's go to the bedroom, and they talk about how Sun has been taking English lessons, which yes, she has, and we'll talk about those later. I'm proud of her. So it turns out that she's trying to run away, and her dad and Jin will try and find her. Are you sure you can't reconcile with him? And she's pretty much saying no. Please take care of my dog while I'm gone. And she's like, okay, I will. It kind of sucks that, like, we didn't see her try and reconcile with him. Yeah. We kind of just have to take her word for it. And it's like, but did she even try? Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that she did. She seems like the kind yeah. of person that wants things to go right. Yeah. yeah. At 11.15, there will be someone at the Sydney airport. So pretty much what's happening with those two is that they are trying to go to LAX from Korea, but they have a layover in Australia. Most people are just oh. like, they never said why Sun and Jin were in Australia. It's because they were having a layover. That makes absolutely no sense at all. Why would they fly from Korea to Australia to LA? Especially when they when have Korea so much money. And LA, but, and also, Korea and LA are major cities that connect with each other on a daily basis. Yeah. Listen, they were flying economy to save money because the interior decorator cost a lot of money. <laughs> the dog must have peed on a lot of carpet. Yeah. And chewed a lot of stuff. But also, can you imagine having to go all the way down to Australia and then to go to LA? No, that sounds like hell. Yeah, it's it's like, only like 10 hours from Korea to LA. Gross. Go to Australia, you add a bunch more hours. They're like, so you just have to walk out at 11.15. There'll be a car waiting for you. Don't bring anything. Which like is my nightmare. I I have things and I need to bring my things to all yeah. places. Like if they were like, leave your wallet, leave your phone. I'd be like, excuse me? Be like, absolutely not. Be like, never mind. I will reconcile with my husband. Yeah, but like, do I get to keep my phone? Um, and she's like, wait until they think you're dead, and then you can go wherever you want. Remember, eleven fifteen. And she's like, gotcha. That's a really long time to wait. Yeah, yeah. Like, where's she gonna a couple wait? Years, honestly. Yeah. The last flashback is when they are in the airport, and Jack's speech is happening from the previous episode, and Jin's waiting in line, like we saw him. And then Sun sees the car, notices that it's 11.15, and is, like, walking away and, like, crying, and Yunjin just, like, slays it! That's an incredible scene for her. Mm-hmm. And this is it's another beautiful. thing, and I keep bringing this up, but this is another thing where it's, like, this is all music. There's no dialogue here, but it means so yeah. much. But, like, one of the things that I wonder about, like, the implications of, like, this scene is whether or not Sun was in, like, a borderline emotionally abusive, like, marriage. Honestly, and whether or not this is, like, sort of a commentary on how hard it is for women to leave abusive relationships. I have a, I have a theory. Mm-hmm. I don't usually have theories because I know all of them, but I just had a new one. <laughs> what? What if, just like the island is healing so many people, mm-hmm. they're healing Sun and Jin's marriage? I think that's that definitely... Would, that would make sense. Yeah, I think that's definitely the overall message. Especially since they're away from stressors. Yeah. Because they are so much healthier on the island, eventually. Yeah. 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 
I definitely think like it softens out edges in gin and also emboldens Sun. Mm-hmm. Well, because it gets rid of their it gets rid of their imp- their, their power, power imbalance. Yeah, it's like she starts out as stronger and then he goes and they, and they kind of seem to even out, right? Yeah. yeah. But then she she ends up actually taking a lot of power because she speaks English. Yeah, exactly. So there she ends up doing a lot of the hand holding. Well, that's why I was like always kind of curious about like whether or not like there was like some kind of subtext there where like maybe it was like and i mean of course perhaps it wasn't but when in those early episodes especially when you see, it yeah, like it. when you see like the controlling nature of jin like it really comes off as like a form of like spousal abuse and like obviously later like i guess they kind of retcon that and say like oh like that's not really what jin is like but it really reads like that yeah. to me i'm glad they retconned it to be honest yeah <laughs> but she looks back and the one thing that makes her stop is that jin has a white flower again and she chooses not to go. And then yeah. she's, like, crying, and he's like, sup? And she's like, I just think this flower is nice. Okay, also, Marriage to note... Marriage is really hard. To note, they styled him to be the hottest in that scene, too. Yeah. With that, like, tight little shirt. Oh, my God, wearing, right? Right? So and his like, hair, like, all swept he back. Looked, he looked the best in that scene, too. So you're like... Yes, Dan! Oh, maybe he is, like, kind of a babe. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's got those... She's got that amazing cheekbones, Jillian, you know? do you have a crush on Daniel Day Kim by any chance? I think he's really cute, but I, I like... He's, like, he's like older, you know? He's, like, an older person. Yeah, now. but, like, take a look at Dan now. He looks pretty much the same, but you take a look he at, like, Josh and, does. like, Matt. <laughs> no, but he's, he's, a, he's a really good-looking man, mm-hmm. which I think is also really important that they had on television, too, because I feel yeah. like a lot of Asian men on television, especially at that time, were never portrayed as, like, really good-looking mm-hmm. or as, like, com- like competent. People! Oh, he's so cute! <laughs> That's adorable. I'm showing Jillian a picture of Henry and Cusick and Daniel Day Kim paintballing like a year ago. Yes. Yeah. Oh, this one too. He looks the same. He does look the same. He's 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 such a good looking man. I told you he's kind of a babe. Kind of a babe. He's, he's a he's super a babe. babe. Yeah. Like I love those pictures. Yeah. Not to objectify Daniel Day, Day Kim, but you can think he's cute. Yeah, he's yeah. not. <laughs> All right, now it's time for our favorite. <coughs> <coughs> Yikes. Wow. All right. Now it's time for our favorite line awards. So my favorite line award this episode goes to Charlie Pace for... You guys have finished verbally copulating. We should get a move on. And my favorite line award also goes to Charlie Pace for... Oh, you guys have an inside joke. How absolutely wonderful for you both. <laughs> she said that literally as he said it, too. She and She's like, this is like the only... One of the only lines that I, I verbally remember from... <laughs> From Lost. Like, she said it as he said it, word for word. The internet loves that gift. That's why I, like, see it everywhere. I'm like, that's, that's like, an iconic gift to me. How absolutely wonderful for you both. I know, I can see him saying it in my head right now. Right? Like, looking down and just kind of walking away, like, oh, great. He's got his, like, head <laughs> tilted. Yes! <laughs> um, and my favorite line was, uh, definitely to round out the Charlie line. It was, um, it was full of bees. I'd have thought of C's, actually. And it's like it's so bad, and he's like such a horn dog, but it's he also gets away with it. I hate it. I know. I, I love hate, it. He he does get away with it. Yeah, he's totally I don't right. want him to get away with it, but he does. Not everyone does, but Charlie Fosher does. Yeah. Now it's time for a few of our segments. So I wanted to take another look at Light and Dark. Uh, this episode, one thing that I really pulled out was not only like the stones in that one episode, which or that one yeah. uh, 
uh, in the caves, which is uh, an obvious one. But um, the white flower, mm-hmm, I think, yeah. is an important thing for light. I thought that, like, definitely, like, the darkness of Sun and Jin's apartment, mm-hmm. like, versus, like, the starkness of, like, that bathroom and, like, the blood oh, on yes. Jin's hands. Oh, yes. That also reminds yeah. me, the beach is light and the caves are dark. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, we'll talk in the spoiler section about why exactly that is super, super symbolic. Yeah. <laughs> what else? I guess the heavy-handedness of the stones is already there, right? Yeah. yeah. It really, it really anchors the episode and those themes in the episode. Exactly. But I feel like sometimes you got to do that, though. You got to pull out that. We're, you know what? what ha- I, I guess but those- it's only heavy-handed to us because we know what they mean. To anyone yeah. else, it's just like a black and white stone. Oh, but black and white is the most heavy-handed allegorical, like good and bad thing. You know. Mm-hmm. Let's also then move on to our segment about man of science, man of faith. So yes. as always, John Locke is our main man of faith. I do believe that Sawyer and Said, Said. Saeed's the one who said he has faith. Oh. Sawyer and, or Locke and Saeed are two people who said, I have faith in this episode. Sawyer's an optimist, so I believe he's a man of faith. Kate, once again, man of faith. I feel like the people who are on the beach are signifying man of faith, and the people who are going to the caves signifying man of science right now. Yeah, which is like the light and dark of like, you know, Locke and Jack. But the thing that I think is interesting about, like, the man of faith thing is, like, Locke slowly convinces people of it. Mm -hmm. Like, especially with Charlie, where he basically, like, he backs up, like, this is an act of God by then proving a legitimate, like, science to him and, like, backing up his own faith with evidence. So it's, like, he builds loyalty with people by making basic sort of coincidences seem like he orchestrated them. Yeah, it's like Charlie started the episode as a man of science and switched over to man of faith because Locke converted him. Yeah. And, like, those are the two that are man of faith, but they're in the caves. Exactly. Yeah. Then we have a music segment. So the music that was playing in this episode was a song by Willie Nelson, and it's called Are You Sure? And it's very relevant. (laughs) How how is it relevant? Well, I mean, I know it is, but it like, literally you're, you're goes. The... Are you sure this is where you ought to be? And they're like, hmm, should I be on the beach or the caves? Wah, wah. Wah, 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 this wah, is a location based song. Yeah. Also, how the hell do the batteries in uh, Hurley's discman last that long? They last until I think it said in translation, which actually is <gasps> the gin. That's episode. right. So and then it suddenly dies. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. This is where we would have a clip from a listener. If they would like to send something in, if anyone would like to send something in, you totally can. Doesn't really matter how long it is. Doesn't matter what it's about. Go ahead. Uh, you can send it to afictionaldispodcast at gmail.com. Yay! Yay! Stay tuned for our segment after the outro. We're going to be discussing the episodes within the context of the rest of the series. Please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers, so proceed with caution because, like, I have a bazillion questions for Robin, who remembers everything. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. If you're a fan of The 100, uh, we talk about that show. We talked all about season four, so go check that out if you're a fan. And if you're a fan of Riverdale, we also covered all of season one of that, and it is up for your listening pleasure. You can follow at The Aficionados on Twitter, on Tumblr, on Facebook, all over the place. 
Uh, you can also find us on patreon.com slash theafficionados. Um, it's really expensive to do podcasting, more expensive than we expected. So if you have anything to donate, we would super appreciate it. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. <laughs> and you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. I would like to thank Jillian for coming on this podcast. <laughs> Yay! I guess. <laughs> I'd like to thank Gritty for emptying the dishwasher today. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many things to be thankful for today. <laughs> thank you very much for coming, though, because this was really fun. Yes, your insights are very much appreciated. Yeah, she thinks about the show the same way we think about yeah. the show, which is beautiful to me. I really like it. I think it's fun. Right? I want to come back. You can! I'll have you back, <laughs> I have no sure. Twitter presence. What's the point of having me as a guest? <laughs> because you you give opinions verbally. That's just how you are as a person. I do. I, I'm really good at verbal opinions. Yeah. Pretty you stink. <laughs> That's not nice! <laughs> no, I don't! Okay, let's let Robin... Let's say Robin next. <laughs> Robin stinks. No, no, Robin has to do her next little piece. You guys are so mean to me. That's how you know we love you, though, because we roast <laughs> Great. to show our love for people. Uh, we hope that you join us for next episode, which is episode 107, The Moth. It's a fantastic episode, and the guest will be my cousin this time. This episode was Brittany's cousin. Next episode, my cousin Aaron, and he'll be coming on, and it's exciting. We got to go on like the lost tour together and stuff. Twitter poll: Which cousin is more annoying? <laughs> Battle of the cousins. No, there's a plot twist. Is I'm the third option and all the. <laughs> okay, love oh, you. Bye. Okay, love you. Say okay, love you. Bye. <laughs> Julian, say it. Oh, okay, love you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> the slowest anyone has ever done that. <laughs> We said do do so many times. Stop! You're a grown adult. Welcome to the spoiler segment. Oh my god, I'm so excited. I have forgotten everything. I don't even know what the moth is about. Guys, they could have used that B-bomb on the others. <laughs> talk to me about the B-bomb. You wanted to talk about the B-bomb in the spoiler segment. <laughs> because I think, the I think that's what they should use to torture Benry. Oh my god. <laughs> like they try to get Benry to talk and they should just release the bees on <laughs> No, you know the worst part is he'd enjoy it. Okay, but he would. <laughs> yeah. No, he would probably just like talk to the bees. Yes. And they'd be like, oh, you're right. Oh my god, he would charm the bees. The bees would become a, a swarm like the smoke monster. <laughs> and then Ben has two smoke monsters, except one of them's a swarm monster. <laughs> and they're like, wait, is this a person or is this just a swarm of bees? And he's like, it's just a swarm of bees. <laughs> and they're like, we should have known. Can you imagine if everyone was like, what's the smoke monster? And Damon and Carlton were like, it's a swarm of bees. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, sometimes it kind of sounds like a swarm of bees. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, so, yeah. Shall we Shall we delve in? Yes. Oh my god, yes. Also, by the way, I think B-Bomb is the greatest contribution like anyone has ever made to the affection of <laughs> B-Bomb. It also kind of makes me think of like B-Bomb, like B-A-L-M. Yes! Oh okay, shout out to our sponsors, Burt's Bees. <laughs> 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 
we'd like to thank you for your all your support. <laughs> Couldn't have done it without you. Ow! I just pulled my own headphone out. Um, spoiler section. This is gonna be great. I know. I was like, is that is that part of our ad? Yeah. <laughs> Ow! I need some lip balm. <laughs> We should have made a video. We could just put Charlie to a lip balm ad. Got some bee sticks. <laughs> oh my god! Stop it! Charlie. I like that. I like that bee stick that was on his neck that looked like a massive pimple. Okay, but it did though. <laughs> it was so gross. It looked like a huge zit. I was like, why are you... does it look like that? I want to pop it. Um, <laughs> the first thing that I had in the spoilers thing was just that Sun's always talking about how sucky her dad is, and like, yep. I can't remember Son's dad at all. Me either, to be honest. Oh, he's garbage. Why? Well, I mean, he's the one who's making Jin do all these terrible things, right? Yeah. yeah. But, like, what, is, what then, does his company even do? I think it's uh, automotive. Okay. Uh, that's my f- first thought. Samsung lithium batteries. Oh, my God. <laughs> Son's dad is responsible for the exploding phones. That's terrible. I'm actually going to look it up just to make sure. But, um... Also, something that's awesome is that when Sun comes back from the island as one of the um, mm-hmm. Oceanic Six, Gosh, she loves and she shows Oceanics. up and just goes, guess what, Dad? Just bought a big stock in your company. I own this company, too, now. Yeah, she yes, comes up. Queen. She's like, yes, it's mine Oh, now. my gosh. I am so smart. Why? Pike heavy. Pike? Pack? 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 Pike? Come on. You can do this. Park. I never know how to pronounce it because they sometimes do it Park. both ways. Pack Heavy Industries, aka Pack Motors, Pack Automotive. Pow 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 It was me. I knew it. Oh my god. I'm really smart. I'm so proud of you for knowing something about Lost that you already knew. I can't believe I like had to check. I was like, oh, I'm not sure. That's like me having to look up the Battlestar fact. The next thing, oh, is just all the stuff about Adam and Eve. Oh my god. Also, okay, so this was Jillian's question. Why are the skeletons still there? How many years has it been? It's gotta be thousands of years because like, it was like 80. Yeah, he goes 40 or 50 years. And but, I'm like, okay, so 40 or 50 years happen, the clothes deteriorate, and then they just stop. Yeah, yeah. What the heck? Is it the island? Like. Oh, yeah, uh, it must have been thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Way, 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 way before even Richard showed up. Yeah. Yeah, because it was so, like, I thought it was like AD1 when Claudia died. It was like Roman yeah, or something. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like. Hmm. Unless the island was like, I will stop them from deteriorating a But why would point. they choose that point? 40 years in, the clothing's already like done? They thought about these people way in season six, and they're like, ooh, let's wrap this up. But that one line was just one discrepancy. It's like the outlier. And, like, anything can be explained away with island magic. That's yeah. a good thing to do, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I wish that, like, they'd been laying it out that long, but, like, they have the story beats laid out, but not, like, the actual yeah. tie-in. So I can't yeah, remember. I mean, the- he does say 40 or 50 years, maybe longer. Yeah. yeah. So but, like, I can't, that much longer. I can't remember. Why does How does the man in Black's body end up in there if he got thrown into the source? Um, okay, so what happened was Jacob threw him into the light of the island. Yeah. And then his body came out the other side. Oh, okay. Uh, then, um, he put his body with Mother's body, and then 
as the smoke monster, he just likes to inhabit other people's bodies, but he can always inhabit his own body. Okay. Oh. So if he wanted to, he could inhabit Mother's body, but he doesn't. Oh, I should have hoped not. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. That would be, they'd be like, Alice and Janney, come back! <laughs> Freaking Alice and Janney. Alice and Janney. Like, one of them, has to be one of the most iconic, like, TV actors of our time. Yeah! Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, do you want to come do our show for one episode? And they're like, she's like, yeah. Hell yeah, I get to be part of the Lost Cannon. Oh my god, but yeah. I, I would, though. <laughs> the white and black stones that they have oh. are, are from Jacob and MIB's game. Game. Right? Yeah. You know, I can't believe I thought that one worked out. That we were talking about, we were talking about how like this, like this, like Battlestar Galactica were shows that like that we we thought were like all about science, and then we found out begrudgingly it's about faith. Yeah. No, they were always about faith. Yeah. Like what the hell was I thinking about? Like I I, I, I don't know. know. This is a science show, blah blah. blah. And I was like, wait, no, this is a very faith heavy based show. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like that realization that the thing that you want was not the thing that you got and, yeah. you, and then you're mad about it and it's like but it doesn't make sense to be mad about it because I willfully ignored what the show was telling exactly. me like Battlestar was always telling me this is a show about religion and I was like la 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 I have a question about the dog so the timeline for the dog is a little foggy to me right now maybe it's just because I haven't watched in translation in a really long time uh-huh. but so pretty much what happens in in translation is that Mr. Pike, or Pock, or whatever, however you pronounce that, I don't know. Son's dad. Says, go and send this guy a message, because he has disappointed me. Go give him a message. Mm-hmm. And Jin's like, got it. And, like, goes and is just like, hey, um, Mr. Pike does, is not really pleased with you. He'd like you to do something that's not that. And the guy's like, oh, cool, thanks. That sounds great. I'll make sure to not do that anymore. Uh, here's my, here's my daughter's dog. To make sure that, uh, to, to, to make sure that you feel, know that you're appreciated. Wait, they gave the dog away? Yeah. What the frick? He, he, like, goes to, like, deliver the message and the guy's like, here, because you didn't kill me, here's a dog. Now, do you think the dog came before or after she found out the infertility issue? I don't know. Because I thought it was, like, maybe, like, a you yeah, can take care of we're, this. Yeah, that's what thing? I was thinking. Because she couldn't like, have a child? Hello, this is a message from the future. Son does have the dog when she learns about the infertility issue. Thank you. Yeah, maybe, but also, like, so he brings home this dog and, like, gives her the dog and it's a puppy. And then the next time that he is there is he comes home and the dog is a big dog now and he has blood on his hands. And we're supposed to know in, in translation that that's literally, like, supposed to be, like, two days later. <laughs> he's like, you didn't give the message. Go give the message. Oh. And so he's like, oh, yeah, okay. And then the other guy was going to come kill him, but he punched the guy instead. And what? be like, I just saved your life. And then comes home with his hands all bloody. And so I'm like, what is the timeline for this dog? How quickly do dogs... <laughs> Dogs, I got, dogs j- like, I can't believe I have to tell you this, but dogs don't grow that fast in two days. Nope. Well, well, you don't know what she's feeding them. Yeah. Also, I thought maybe to make sense of it, it could potentially be, like, the day that that happened was when he went and found Jai Lee. Mm-hmm. And, like, punched Jai Lee a whole bunch of times. And then Jai Lee ended up, like falling onto his car with the necklace and stuff. And so I thought, oh, maybe that's what it was because then the dog is is big enough. That would make but, more sense. Yeah, but then in in translation, 
it's like literally supposed to be that because they have the like same flashback. Of course, like one of the plot holes that like Robin notices is dog related. <laughs> unless unless someone was feeding that dog like boom bop and like like just eating, yeah. you know, the dog was just chowing down on Korean food for two days. You know, that's what happens to me when I eat. If that dog food. was chowing down on Korean food for two days, it's just gonna be a really like. <laughs> Actually, that dog would be so happy. That dog would be so happy. That would be the happiest dog in the whole world. Oh, sundubujige. <laughs> what did you just say? I want, I want, I want the uh, spicy to- hot, uh, tofu stew. Is that what that is? Sundubujige, yeah. It's so good. Jillian knows things. Oh, it's so good. I ordered it too much at the restaurant that they wouldn't let me order it anymore. Jillian, what? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, but the, that, that dog ages quite fast. It's so cute, though. The lady says, have you been taking your English lessons? And she's like, yes. Which is another thing about how the she was taking the English lessons from Jai Lee. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a thing. Mm-hmm. I like and that they brought also, that back. She says, it's at 11.15, and 15 is one of the numbers. What are the, what are the numbers, Robin? You have, you have them tattooed. What are they? Yes. Um. Well, let me check my calf. Oh, yeah. You gotta consult them, of course. Four. Eight. Fifteen. Mm-hmm. 16, 23, 42, if my tattoo is correct and I checked multiple times before I got it. I feel like it definitely is. Yeah, I feel yeah. like of all guides that you should use That's when looking the at one. the lost numbers, just ask Robin to t- text you like a pic of her calf. Yeah, yeah. I've got one ready, so I don't have to take a new one every time. Oh, that's a Someone good idea. Asks. Yeah. Okay, so I can't remember this. The Quan that was on the wall, was that Sun or was that supposed to be Jin? I think that it was supposed to be either of them, but then Sun became a mother, mm-hmm. which was a <laughs> um, a deal breaker, and so it ended up being Jin. Okay. Why is Sun becoming a mother a deal breaker? Candidates. I guess you can't have a kid if you're a ca- to be a candidate? Either that, or I think it might have oh. just been... I don't think that's a, an official rule, from what I remember. I think it was Jacob being like, I just don't want you to leave your kid. Yeah, but that also, probably could have been good guy, Jacob. does that mean that all the candidates were, were men, then? Um, it wa- well, Kate was originally, but then she somehow became a, uh, or then she, she kind of became Aaron's mother. Yeah, and then Kate so she was taken off. for Aaron. But no, but so, like, I think it has to be like, if either, per- oh wait. Yeah, that is weirdly sexist. Because Jin shouldn't be separated from his child either. Yeah. Oh, that's really uncomfortable. Jacob! Oh, that's so uncomfortable! Ew! Hi, it's me from the future again. I know I'm not supposed to do this, but I just wanted to bring up the fact that Jacob has never had any father figures and only mother figures, so that might be a thing. Sorry, okay, get back to regularly scheduled programming. Because, like, if you look at the list of, of candidates, like, there are loads of people on there. Like, Anna Lucia was on there, mm-hmm. Libby was on there, but we know Anna Lucia was, was going to be a mother. Yeah. Uh, but she wasn't, and, but she died. <laughs> so she uh, didn't get to be one. Why, people really hated Anna Lucia, but every time I watch it, I don't quite understand why they hated her so much. See, I did not like Anna Lucia when I was first watching. I legitimately, vividly remember really? watching season two for the first time in 2010, and I texted my friend or something, just like, man, I hate Anna Lucia. I wish she'd just died. <gasps> and I looked back at the TV... And Michael Schotter. Robin, like, you did that. 
I made Anna. I, I killed really Anna, like Lucia. Anna Lucia. I gotta. I can't wait till we get to that part in the rewatch because, like, I think a lot of misogyny played into like the hatred of Anna Lucia. So, like, yeah. I want to see her through like through these much wiser eyes. Yes, definitely. Just like Shannon. Exactly. Yeah. yeah now, like, yeah. I would die for Shannon. <laughs> yeah. Who I missed in this episode, by the way. Yeah. Where were Shannon yeah. and Boone? It said on Lostpedia that this was the first and only time that Boone was in an episode alive without speaking lines. Oh. Ian Summerholder's like, nah. Nah. <laughs> um, the last thing in spoilers that I had was that when Michael cuts ha- the handcuff off, Jin actually has that handcuff, that, like, half a handcuff on for, like, a- almost, like, a full season, I think. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's, like, it's on for a long time. Yeah. Why? Mm-hmm. I can't remember this. How's he gonna take it off? Yeah. Didn't Sawyer have the key? Uh, I'm, I don't think so. Otherwise, he would have taken no. it off, I assume, especially when they were friends. How do you, how do you think, uh, how did he eventually get it off? I think... My thought is, like, what I'm seeing in my head is, like, a saw of some so. sort. But I don't remember the context of that at all. Let me look up on Lostpedia just in case. Worst accessory ever. Yeah, that sucks. Poor Daniel De Kim. Yeah, he's like, this is not even cute. Can't speak any English. Has to wear, has to wear a uh, uh, ex- uh, handcuff around his arm. I can't believe he kept the handcuff on for that long. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Okay, it looks like it'll tell me. Handcuffs. Kate was handcuffed on the plane with Marshall. After Jin attacked Michael, Saeed and Sawyer handcuffed him to a large part of the plane debris. Michael later freed him, but Jin was forced to wear one half of the handcuffs until Locke cut them off with bolt cutters in the Swan Station. Oh, that's the beginning of season two. But why? Where? So where did the key go? I have no idea where the key went. I think because Kate had the key when she took herself out of the plane, and I assume that it was just lost after that. Oh, yeah, I guess they lost it in the crash. So they had a pair of handcuffs to use just the once. They were one-time use handcuffs. I guess so, and then they broke them immediately. Well, that should've... is so Sawyer. <laughs> See, I knew Lostpedia would tell me. a pair of handcuffs while having breakfast with... God, Ben was the worst! Yep. I say this with affection. Juliet handcuffed herself to Kate in order to gain her trust. Frank was handcuffed oh, to I a helicopter. Oh, I love that Queen episode. Juliet. Hurley was handcuffed. Saeed was brought aboard 316. What appears to be plastic handcuffs. Hmm. Blah, blah. Yeah. Lots of handcuffs. I wonder how much the Saeed stuff's gonna hold up. That's what I'm really nervous about. Yeah. Especially since it's like, this is like very post 9-11. See, one of my favorite Saeed episodes is in this season. Mm -hmm. It's called, um, The Greater Good. And it's about how his friend was, uh, he was trying to convince him to be a suicide bomber. Oh my god. And it's actually like, from what I remember, and I haven't watched it in a while, but it was, like, one of my favorite ones just because Naveen was so good in it, and, yeah. like, they were both such good actors, but, like, now I'm thinking, like, the the content of the episode was probably not great. Yeah, not good, Bob. Yeah. Yeah, I have to say, the, the, I guess the, the quote-unquote wokeness of the characters is just, <laughs> just not, it's just not here yet, if that makes sense. There's still kind of shadows... Of what, like, stereotypes are, you know? And, like, how what humor was at that time, which is, like, everyone was, like, racism is okay because 
Like, they lived in a really politically charged time. And I mean, so do we. But now it's like everyone's on Twitter saying, don't say that, fool. You know, I mean, like, think about it. Like, the estranged black dad, the controlling Korean husband, yeah. the fat dude. A lot dude, of the, caricatures. Yeah, the the, the, the Muslim, uh, like, suicide bomber, ter- uh, uh, torturous kind of thing. Yeah. Like, they seem like, but I guess they ended up subverting a lot of it, but... I don't know. It's kind of interesting of what was going on in the planning stages. They were like, we're gonna we're gonna show all this diversity. Let's start out with these stereotypes, you know? Right. Someone should ask Damon about that because I bet he has a really interesting answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, hint, hint, Robin. Hint, hint. It's almost been one year since I met Damon. Aww. I know. My true love, the light of my life. <laughs> Those are all the things I had for spoilers. Didn't didn't you have a thing, Brittany, that you wanted me to like write? I and I wrote. It was the it was us talking about how like dog. The, the dog was like a uh, sort of placement for the baby. Oh, I see. Okay, cool. yeah. Uh, so those are all my spoiler things. Do you guys have any other thoughts? I don't think so. I'm pretty thought it out. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> okay. Uh, outro time again. Okay. Thank you again for being here, Jillian. This was super fun. fun. <laughs> Genuinely, thank you for being here. Aww, I'll roast you later, fun. but it was really we'll fun. We'll have you again in season two if you like. I really like this a lot. I want to be on a podcast. This is fun. <laughs> you could always come, like, hang out with us. <laughs> I love. I actually love it. I yeah. mean, I think a lot of it is because, like, I miss seminars, but a lot of it's also because I like the sound of my own voice. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it plays. I think it plays into my intellectual it's egoism ego. um, quite well. Um, and I love Lost. So this See, is a lot of fun. You think that, but then when you hear your own voice played back, you're gonna want to die. <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna be able to listen to it. I just gotta listen to it for all the shit things that I said. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, oh god, is somebody gonna like roast me on Twitter for like being like too like I don't know up in there? Like, yep. You know? No, we'll I think see. I think B bomb will be the most iconic thing. B bomb. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so aside from that, thanks for being here today. Something smells really bad in our apartment right now. Yeah, it does. <laughs> anyway. Robin, do you want to... Yep. Uh, you can follow both of us on Twitter and Facebook and Tumblr at The Aficionados. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Jillian's got like the late night crazies because she just, just trying a- to end the pod. I know Sorry. she put a headband under her nose and then like l- stared at me while I was doing my like tw- spelling out my Twitter until I noticed. See, I never get to mess with her podcast until now, so yeah. it's good. Um, you can follow Jillian on Twitter at G I G I A N S E. It's a picture of me looking at a ladybug. I took that picture actually, and um, her Twitter used to have stuff, but she deleted it all so that she could seem cool. <laughs> Blank Twitter. Being cool. So the only tweet that she has is a, a birthday cake that we bought. <laughs> a sheet cake we bought at Costco. Yep. For the two of us. Yep. And then uh, we our ate Patreon is patreon.com slash the aficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating. It's a it's a pensive. It's a, it's a pensive. And also I can't imagine why people fund this nonsense, but thank you for doing it anyway. Yeah, we appreciate all of you so much. So much. Okay, say, okay, I love you, bye, and take that off your face. (laughs) Okay, I love you, bye. (laughs) We love love you, bye. 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 Oh, you guys have an inside joke. How absolutely wonderful for you both.